Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. This is the Maverick Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Maverick. Today, we have another super talented guest for you guys. We have none other than financial coach, Angela Worgen. Welcome to the Maverick Podcast. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. And before we dive in into everything we're going to talk about, for the 1% of the people out there that don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, hey, my name is Angela Worgen, and I'm a financial coach, and you know that's what I do for work. Yeah. But um, I'm Oklahoma born and raised, uh, Mexican American family, and you know grew up on in Southside Oklahoma City. Awesome. Um, you know, been here most of my life. You know, outside of living in Houston for a little bit, uh, came back to Oklahoma because I mean, this is the best place to raise yeah. a family. I think. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> awesome. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, like, where did you go to school? What was that like, you know, growing up? Were you into academics? Were you into sports? Were you into like music? What what sort of stuff were you into? I think I was a, into a little bit of everything, you know, growing up and um, actually started out. The truth is, actually, I started out in Oklahoma City very young, younger than I can remember. Okay. But um, my dad had gotten a job um, with the Brahms farm and uh-huh. we moved to to minko oklahoma oh wow so i actually started like school in minko okay. oklahoma do you right? remember that or? i do remember yeah. that and so that's a total experience um, yeah. growing up in a small town you know where everyone walks to the post office and you know the the people that work Everybody. there yeah <laughs> and so you know um going to school there it's so funny because there weren't a lot of hispanics uh, growing up in minko yeah and so my transcript when i moved back to oklahoma city I actually say i'm native american what yeah this <laughs> <laughs> I was brown, but okay. <laughs> but I, uh, close. I was a little too tanned. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I actually learned English uh, when I was in kindergarten. Really? Yeah. Okay. And so that's, uh, you know, a lot of people ask me about that because my dad was white. You know, I'm okay. half, half white, half Mexican. My so, mom is from Mexico. So how did that happen? How did you just grow up? Like just We spoke Spanish. Spanish yeah, we spoke really? Spanish at home. And, and okay. uh, my mom didn't know a lot of English back yeah. then. So going into school, you know, it was just mm. learning there with, you know, your classmates and okay. the neighbors and everything. And so I got it down pretty quick. I think kids learn really quick. Yeah, right. Definitely. And so uh, but that's what that's where I started in Minko. And then um, we did move back to Oklahoma City and grew okay. up in Central, Central down, you know, down by Riverside. And okay, cool. <laughs> went to school to, and okay. Shiler, Wheeler, okay. um, all that area, uh, middle schools actually went to three different middle schools. Really? You yeah. moved a lot or what happened? No, um, we start. I started out at a Moon Middle School. You I know, went so to I, Moon too. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it was a middle school, because it's elementary yeah, now, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And so actually, did you go to Paige Woodson? No. No? Okay, no. so there was fifth grade centers back then. And yeah, I went so, to, uh, I guess it would have been called Capitol Hill Fifth okay. Grade Center at the yeah, time. Yeah, okay. So I went to Paige Woodson. Okay. And uh, from there, you know, we uh, went to Moon um, we moved into the Capitol Hill area yeah. and uh, actually went to Sacred Heart oh, really? for seventh grade. Okay. And then from there went to Jackson. Okay. So, I mean, I've got yeah. like, I've met people I know, I have yeah. friends, connections all <laughs> over the place. That's awesome. You know, and so uh, eighth grade was at Jackson and then I went to Capitol Hill. So, okay. yeah, okay. but hey, you know, funny thing, like Capitol Hill was probably the only high school I went to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually dropped out of high school when I was 14 years old. Really? Tell yeah. me a little bit about that. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> I was just, just like, a rebel. <laughs> you're a rebel? Yeah, I was okay. really rebellious uh, growing up. You know, I had very strict parents. Um, you know, taught me a lot of good things. I'm thankful for a lot of that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was just a little rebellious. And (laughs) I I ran away from home at 14 years old and 
wanted to make my own life. Run away to where? Where did, like, what was the plan? Where did you go? <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yeah. So I ran away. I had I had some friends and um, particularly one friend, a guy friend, of course. Oh, okay. That, now I see yeah, where we're headed. <laughs> that uh, only person that my parents didn't know where he yeah. lived. So ran away and then came back home after a few days, but kind of told him, hey, I want to make my life. I think, yeah. I think I'm ready. And I think my parents let me do it really you know i'm not saying they were happy about it but yeah. uh, i think they kind of figured hey you know like let's just let's just give her a taste of her own wow. medicine let her go <laughs> she'll probably come back running so they were home. probably expecting you to like not make it knock come the, back. on the door <laughs> yeah and they're like never came back no wow. yeah i think that that's um okay. one of the things that have helped me right and i think they instilled that in me it's like hey you make a decision you got to come through with it yeah. and so i didn't you yeah. know okay. i didn't um uh so that's that was the end of high school right there wow uh, so went, what what uh grade were you a sophomore ninth grade ninth grade literally okay. had gone to school for a uh, capitol hill high school and then you're like i'm out <laughs> <laughs> two weeks yeah i actually you know growing up and growing up south side central yeah. you know where gangs were ruling everything yeah, and it was really tough not to not to be involved or, or you know be around it so mm -hmm. i did get into some fights growing up <laughs> like physical fist yeah. fights right. and i think it's funny because a lot of people that know me now that or have met me as they, they don't you know, know this side they're like you, right? what you got into fights like crazy yeah. and uh so i did i had gone into a couple of fights in my first couple of weeks in high school and and got kicked out oh, okay. so i was expelled and Wow. Uh, you know, I just didn't, I did go back. I just didn't finish. And okay. so that, yeah, I went back at 16 and got my GED, mm -hmm. um, had become a teenage mom, really young. Wow. Yeah. So that's my school. And after GED, I tried going to college Yeah. a lot, <laughs> like tried it a lot for maybe about five years on and off or so, maybe a little bit longer than that. But you were having to like work and then you already had yes. a baby? Or, yeah, but I had yeah. two at this oh, point. Two? Yeah. Okay. So, so but, it's difficult, right? Yeah, yeah. By the time I went to college, I had two young kids. I was a single mm -hmm. mom, um, working couple of jobs yeah wow uh you know raising them and trying you know just doing the best just trying to trying to make it yeah and um you know luckily had friends that that helped you know whether it was babysitting or mm -hmm. driving me because i didn't even have a car you know? wait a minute we're running away and we don't have a like, oh, transportation have nothing. nothing okay that i did not do it yeah i did yeah. not do it the smart way probably yeah. so. so tell me a little bit about some of those schools that you mentioned because when i was there they were pretty rough like moon was pretty rough uh, you know, Capitol Hill was pretty rough. Yeah. Um, Jackson was pretty rough too. They were so. all rough. <laughs> I would say since fifth grade, um, you know, we went to fifth grade at Paige Woodson and um, it's a huge school, just, yeah. just huge. So many kids. I can't, even, I don't even remember how many kids there were in there. They're all fifth graders. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, the violence there, you know, just the fights, Yeah. whether it was one race against another or one gang against another, um, that was tough. And just like, I think I was scared when I okay. went to school there. Do you think you, uh, you had trouble like trying to fit in with the, the different people or were you just kind of a rebel and you didn't want to fit in? So uh, I wasn't a rebel yet. Okay. Um, at this point I was still, you know, good kid listening to parents. Right. Okay. 
we were pretty broke at yeah. this point in, in, in my life growing up. Um, we were pretty uh, broke. You know, we'd go to thrift stores, mm -hmm. shopping for clothes, um, yeah. you know, hand-me-downs and things. And so I got picked on a lot in the fifth grade. Okay. Whether it was, I still remember my fake fur coat you know, oh, like, yeah. that I'd get picked on about. Oh, um, sometimes it was, you know, the growing up being half white, half Mexican. Yeah isn't always the easiest you know it's kind of like what they say in the selena movie you know what the dad says yeah. like you, you're not mexican enough for the mexicans you're not white enough right. for the white people right. and so that's i got a lot of that growing up um okay. and you know trying to fit in not finding my my tribe right where yeah. I, where i was comfortable um plus i was a little bit of a nerd no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah so i was in accelerated classes and okay. got picked on because of that so we go from one extreme to like <laughs> i'm done after like two weeks of high school yeah yeah exactly okay. yeah that's how quick yeah. life can change with you know decisions yeah. and so um but yeah that's what you know fifth grade was probably the point where um i had to toughen up right yeah. i had a, i felt like i had to toughen up to make it mm -hmm. and i had gotten punked on that whole year uh, I go into sixth grade and I'm still a little scared yeah. um, going to Moon. That was a really tough school to yeah. go to. You know, you're getting bussed out there. And you're probably like a minority of the minorities. Yes, exactly. Point, right? I was a minority of the yeah. minority group there. And, um, and but you know, I never really had uh, that much, that many problems there. I think I kind of toughened up a little bit yeah um where i actually started picking the fights you oh, know really? like before i get punked on i'm gonna i'm gonna go and pick a fight right? <laughs> like like kind of jail rules kind of sort yeah, of thing where you're like i'm gonna beat up the biggest person before <laughs> no, myself. i wasn't smart yeah i wasn't i wasn't gonna go out and, and pick on the biggest person yeah. like i wasn't i didn't trust myself that much yeah but yeah i would i would pick fights you know wow. and um you know make little enemies but mm. uh got into a couple of fights there uh but did still did good in school i was still in accelerated classes okay. you know as much as i didn't want to be in them yeah i was still in accelerated classes and so you know still had the whole fitting in and everything um but because of the trouble that i had in school there my parents chose to put me in a private school for okay. the next year okay right and then private school um it was just a bit smaller right mm -hmm. not a bit a lot a lot smaller and um I was I started becoming very rebellious there. So it did the opposite, like it didn't really help out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately I think it did the opposite. I was just rebellious. I was put, you know, I'm a poor kid going, you know, middle income at the very best going sure. to a private school that wasn't very affordable for the people in our circle. So this yeah. is all people I don't know. Um, you know, probably have better access to funds and things can do a lot more and sure. so now i'm starting being rebellious because i again i don't fit in yeah. and um, i did everything i could to get kicked out of that school i didn't <laughs> want to be there you know yeah. um which and i finally accomplished it when there was two weeks left of okay. school and got wow. kicked out expelled from from a uh, sacred heart you know and so man um and then so, went to jackson like the kids were still picking on you even though it was like a catholic you know church, actually still... it wasn't them picking on me it was more just me feeling insecure and me feeling like i didn't fit in you know okay. like i don't we don't have as much money as these kids yeah. right i don't i don't have as much freedom as these kids and um things like that you know i'm babysitting little brothers and sisters after school they're out having fun going to frontier city sure. after school you know yeah. things like that um okay. so it was more me just not feeling like i fit in and trying to find a way out you yeah. know and so i had just 
you know, finally toughened up. And now I'm like in this small school, I can't use my skills. So I wasn't, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, like jailhouse, right? You try to get out, (laughs) go back to jail or something. (laughs) Wow. And so we did, I ended up going to Jackson after that. So, um, which was tough, not as tough anymore, but it was still tough. Yeah. I remember when I was at Jackson, there would be like people getting jumped into gangs and stuff in between classes like when the bell would ring, you just like see a random fight. You would have to like hurry, move up to the side yeah. or something. Like it was a rough school. You know, I, I don't know. I guess it's still there, right? Like, there, I don't know what level of school it is. I think it's an elementary school is as it well. Is elementary? Yeah, okay. I think so. And yeah. so, yeah, that, and that still happened when I went there. You know, people getting initiated into gangs. Yeah. Um, you know, fights. Almost every week there was a fight, you know, and. Yeah, I had a couple of fights there, too. I remember so. uh, kids at the time, it was also really popular to like snort uh, like spray paint. So yep. they would show up and you could see like gold or silver on their nose. Yes. And they could be like, hey, do I have paint on my nose? And like it, it was bad. And, and I can't even imagine what that would do to like your right. brain cells and stuff. It was right. tough. But I don't it, know, for whatever reason, like that was popular back in the day. Like, yep, that happened yeah. when I was there, too. And I think that that's probably where I first got exposed to just kids having drugs. Yeah. You know, um, it was just it was not super common, but a lot of kids had access mm-hmm. to drugs, whether it was weed or, you know, paints or, you know, even I mean, I remember hearing about kids trying acid at this point, And I'm like, yeah, it was just, bad. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty bad. And did uh, your circle like did that get you in trouble, too? Like, what were your friends like at the time? Yeah, I think that um, <laughs> they might say that I was the one getting them in trouble uh, okay. at that time. But no, I think it was, you know, pretty mutual. I think that we all kind of thought we needed to be tough, yeah. Um, you know, to make it through and, uh, you know, not get punked on and not back out of fights and things yeah. like that. And I think all the kids were just pressured being around all of that all the time and um, just trying to prove ourselves. And so, yeah. Yeah, but I wouldn't say that they really, that I had a whole lot of bad influences. I think it was just a bunch of us just trying to fit in. Yeah, I, I agree with that because I think a lot of the kids, like you mentioned, uh, didn't have a lot of resources. And mm-hmm. then also, I think a lot of them, like they were like fresh to the US, right? So they yeah. didn't speak English. So they get, you know, made fun of. And these gangs kind of like feel like almost like a family and you think it's going to be protection. You you fall into that trap where you right. know, like you want to hang out with them, but it leads to more trouble at the yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it was more just like that. Yeah. Yeah. OK. So what about career goals? Like I'm hearing you're, you're a rebel, <laughs> like you want to do your own thing. Like what was like your career goal? Yes. What, what did you want to do? So actually at that time, I, I had no idea what I wanted to no. do. You know, um, I think. Uh, at that, you know, I didn't grow up in a household where we talked about going to school. I didn't have okay. parents that went to college. So um, we didn't talk about that. And um, going into high school, uh, you know, I had actually tried to calm down. But, you know, your past comes back to you. And it's actually what happened. You know, I was trying to, you know, go to school, get get through school, graduate high school and, yeah. and then just start working is really what my plan was. I didn't know. I didn't really have a career goal. You're like, I just want to make money. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to make yeah. money. And, um, you know, college, at, I didn't even think about college at the time. It wasn't an option for me. Yeah. Um, you know, not because the, you, the, the option wasn't out there. It's just something that wasn't really talked about. And okay. so um, so it wasn't something, you know, that was on my mind. But mm. yeah, I just wanted to make money. Okay. <laughs> I got it. So then it sounds like, you know, people were still causing problems with you and you're like, I give up, I'm out of here. And then like, walk me through that process. No car, no place <laughs> to stay. 
Like, did you yeah. have a job at the time? No, or no I'm 14 job? years old. Okay. I have right. no job, no <laughs> way of making money. Okay. Uh, you know, I run away because I'm frustrated with my parents for being so strict on yeah. me and, um, you know, just rebelling and, and um, thinking that I had it figured out, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and so I run away, uh, come back home uh, maybe a week, less than a week later, uh, to talk to my parents and, you know, just tell them, hey, I think I'm ready to just start my life. Yeah. And and um, and then I leave. Right. So as a 14 year old living on your own, really depending on help from friends at the time, no That's car. Tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I my first, you know, I'd babysit kids or, you know, mm-hmm. do things like that. I remember I would even iron clothes, you know, to, oh, man. yeah, back when people used to iron their yeah. clothes. Yeah. Cause now everybody <laughs> throws it in the dryer. So you're just like doing like random, like side hustles to yeah. get some cash going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, okay. um, you know, I didn't know about, um, any kind of state assistance or things like this. So yeah. I had had none of that. Um, but just, yeah, I was just doing random things to make money. Okay. And um, my first job was at 15 out of dry cleaners. Tell me about that. <laughs> minimum wage was like four twenty-five an oh, hour. Man. <laughs> were you working like crazy hours or what? So, yeah, I went in at 4.30 in the morning. And uh, Mondays were the latest days that I, you know, the days I got out the latest, probably about 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was almost a 12-hour day because of what, you know, people dropping off clothes over the weekend. Sure. And then, um, but then all the other days, I'd usually be out by 11 a.m. So okay. it was pretty cool, you know, like how <laughs> So you're whole, actually like enjoying it? I was starting yeah? to enjoy oh, it. Man. And I'm making my first paychecks. <laughs> yeah, right? okay. So my first real paychecks, uh, you know, that first one you get, it's just like crazy. It's probably like $129 yeah. or something yeah. like that for a week's worth of work. But, um, but I, you know, what I did enjoy about working at the dry cleaners is sometimes you find money, oh, you know, like really? in the pockets That's of funny. <laughs> You're like, tip? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes you would make almost what you, you'd find in, in pockets. It's almost what you'd make oh, yeah, yeah. in the day. Nobody would ever come back and say like, hey, I left a 50 in there no. or nothing. No, no I don't know. Oh. I never found a 50. Though. Okay. I think the highest bill was probably like a $20 oh, bill okay. or something. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, but no, it was, it was, it was, uh, you know, I finally felt like, okay, I'm making money. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a job, a paycheck, right? I remember the name, it was in Norman, Oklahoma. So I'm like uh, catching a ride with a friend oh, all man. the way to Norman. That's struggle. Yeah. yeah. And it was the $1.25 cleaners on Main Street. Like they've changed <laughs> names so many times, but that was my first job job yeah wow so i'm hearing a lot of struggle i'm hearing you know you had to be sort of tough and you know life came at you fast would you say that that was like an advantage or disadvantage like if you could like redo it all over again what would you pick i think if you ask any parent they're always going to say they'd do it over again right because we'd never give back the kids but um but i definitely say that kids aside let's say you still get to keep your kids yeah um (laughs) no i definitely wouldn't i would have lived with my parents for as long as i could (laughs) that's funny i definitely i definitely would have probably done things differently you know Mm -hmm. knowing what what life was like back then i don't know that i would have been to college had it not been because of the way I, I started life out as an adult, you know, then that's, you know, having the kids was what made me want to go to school and, okay. you know, do something. But, you know, growing up, that wasn't something I taught, I, we ever talked about. So I think yeah. there'd be some things that are better because of how life ended up happening, you know, mm-hmm. um, but something, you know, definitely wouldn't have moved out. I would have okay. been at home. I mean, who, like, can you imagine a 14 year old today? stuff yeah, yeah and I, especially if, if you don't have a car you don't have a job you don't have like nothing like you're just okay i'm gonna just be by myself i mean like, kids can't even live without a cell phone today true. can you imagine yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow so 
if you had to redo it again, do you think you would have a career in mind that you would do? Or, uh, you know, we're going to dive into what you do currently. And yeah, you know, would you pick that same like, you know, route? What um, would you pick? No, I think, well, it probably would have still been in finances. Um, okay. But uh, I know that from a young age, I always thought about accounting you know, uh, okay. working with numbers, numbers just cool. kind of came easy to me. Mm-hmm. And not that it, the funny thing is, I'm not good at math, but I'm good at numbers some kind of okay. way. And so but you um, enjoy it. Yeah, I yeah. enjoy it. And so I think accounting was always on my mind. And when I did go to college, um, that was the first thing I was shooting for was to Got get it. an accounting degree. Okay. Um, so I think that that's probably what I would have done. But it would have been more like behind the scenes, you know, crunching yeah. numbers kind of thing. Okay. So at what point did you sort of like start turning your life around? And you're like, hey, you know, I need to straighten up. I need to start doing something more productive. You know, definitely the kids helped. Um, and being 16 and 17 and a parent, mm-hmm. um, that definitely helped me to, you know, try to calm down, especially at 18 when I have access to more things. You know, I mean, I can't even sign a lease on an apartment. When That's I'm, right. What, I didn't even think about yeah, all that. Yeah, you know, I can't you, even sign a no lease. No driver's license. No credit. <laughs> no no credit card. Bank account? Did you have a bank account? I didn't even have a bank no. account. So you know? what would you do with your, your cleaners? It's just like cash. <laughs> it was cash. Oh, wow. <laughs> cash everything, right? <laughs> okay. And so, yeah, so turning 18 and being a young parent, you know, mm-hmm. now being able to enroll in college, you know, yeah. um, and being able to get a better job. I got a better paying job because I was finally 18. Cool. And, um, and then I was able... You know, I was working um, at a restaurant when I was 17 after I had my my son and uh, working at a restaurant. I worked at El Chico and mm-hmm. I was a hostess because I couldn't be anything else other than like a, a busser or a hostess. You, because of age or yeah, what? Yeah, age. And so okay. I was only 17 and um, you had to be 18 to get your liquor license. And uh, so, man, okay. I dreamed of that liquor license. <laughs> You're like, once I make that, like I'm going to make yeah, it. Yeah, because I'm great. like the hostess yeah. seating people and I'm watching these servers making the bank, tips, you know, yeah. especially like on enchilada special day. And I'm like, <laughs> man, yeah. I want to make money like that. Yeah. And so I dreamt of turning 18 and getting that liquor license, which um, I did, you know, and then I was still working there, working at another restaurant. So mm-hmm. two restaurants. Um, I, uh, you know, then I worked at Chilino's in Bricktown for yeah. a few years there. So that was definitely what got me more in my hustle mode. Okay. Right. That cool. really was just, I think that's where I learned it the most is just watching people hustle and, and the fast paced environment. Yeah. Uh, you know, the canal was new, so it was packed all the time. Yeah. I bet it probably helped you like develop quick relationships with people and like spur up a conversation. Yeah. Right. It definitely did. Um, you know, that customer service and, Mm -hmm. um, I think that serving tables, uh, was probably the, the job that prepared me the most. Can you believe that? Like for what you do now, for everything, for everything, I would say for everything. I think it's mental toughness. Yeah. I can see um, that, you know, being efficient, Mm -hmm. working efficiently, you know, people's skills uh, and money, right? Counting money. You're you're like giving change and all this stuff, (laughs) right? And feedback quickly of like, what do I need to do to make them happy so I get a good tip? To get rewarded, yes. Like figure it out quickly, right? Yep, exactly. So that really prepared me for a lot of other things. And definitely I'd say that that's probably where um, I can credit most of my success in the career that I'm in now was from learning all of that then. Okay. Very cool. So how did you get into your current career? Like, how did you discover it? You know, how did you get prepared to like be in it? You know, because you go from like all these, you know, (laughs) even side hustles, you know, cleaners, all this stuff. And then you go into the financial market. Yeah. Um, definitely unexpected. 
Uh, I think that I was just at a time in my life where I wanted a change. Mm -hmm. Uh, At this point, you know, I have another daughter and um, she's uh, three, four years old. And uh, I have a good job, you know, at that point I had a good job without a degree because I never got a degree. I'd switch majors, go back part time, try full time, burn myself out. And it's tough. I mean, once you have all those responsibilities, you know, kids, everything, it's tough for sure. Yeah. And so um, I think that I was just at a point in my life where I was ready for a change, where I had realized that. For me, you know, that school wasn't going to be the way for me. And yeah. not, I don't have anything against education. It's just tuition that I have a problem with, right? <laughs> but yeah. um, that it just wasn't going to be the way for me because I had gained so many skills, Think, you know, thankfully to the opportunities that I was given in different lines of work and different jobs that um, I was already earning good income without a degree. Okay. So I would re- I'm a big research person, so I'd research like what does this degree pay medium wa- uh, median okay. wage in Oklahoma for, yeah. for someone with this degree? And I'm like, I already make that much money. Yeah. You know, like, like this, I'm not doing that. Right. Like, okay, let me switch. <laughs> let me switch yeah. my major. And you know, um, so I finally decided. Okay, I'm. I didn't. I wasn't really good at getting student. Lo- you know, student. Uh, financial aid and things like that. So I was taking out student loans to pay for school, and I, mm-hmm. you know, decided I'm not re- I'm not going to do this anymore. But um, it was just a, I got introduced to the company that I broker with now through a friend that I, you know, at this point she's only an acquaintance. I had met her six months before, okay, and um, she's actually trying to get started in this career, and oh, she's wow. asking me for help. Like okay. she needs some training appointments. And I ignored her. Really? Yeah, I totally ignored her. Why? Just because you're like, I'm busy. I'm already doing my own thing or what? No, she didn't. I had no idea what she was going to come and show me. Okay. But um, I actually had met her uh, at a bridal expo because I used to uh, rent out photo booths. It was one of my other side gigs. I I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a side gig. It was you and your brother. Yeah, exactly. My brother, Victor. And so we had this side gig where we'd rent out photo booths. And so we did a bridal Quince Expo mm-hmm. one day and my vendor neighbor was this lady named Dora who I love dearly we're still very good friends and um but at that time she was selling like jewelry and you know like these weight loss things okay. and so um when you know six months later five months later she's asking me for an appointment to come and show me what she does and I'm mm-hmm. like what are you going to come and sell me? <laughs> yeah. you, know? you thought it was like jewelry or yeah, something random? Some yeah. supplements yeah. or something, you know? And, yeah. um, you know, people are always, always got that antenna of like, don't sell me anything, right? right? And right. and so I actually ignored her for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. But she finally, you know, one day just asked me in a very different way. Not that she was doing it wrong the first time, but I think this time she's like, hey, Angel, you know, I don't need your money. I just need your time. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in what, you know, what goes around comes around, right? And what you put out there comes back to you. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, at the time I had the side gig, a photo booth, and I'm like, hey, you know, I don't know what she's selling, yeah. but I'm going to let her come over because she needs help. And um, one day I might need help. Right. Okay. One day she might be the person to connect me. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so thankful that I finally gave her the appointment because she comes over and she's showing me all these financial concepts. Now, mind you, I've been working in finance finances in yeah. some kind of way, shape or form. Right. And so I'm like a bookkeeper at this point, human resource manager at this point. So you right? already understood everything. I thought I yeah. did. Oh, you thought you did. I thought I did. Really? Right. Okay. So I know about money. I know about paying off debt faster and things mm-hmm. like that at this point. And when she shows me these concepts, I realize I don't know anything about money. No way. Right. Okay. At least not about building wealth. Okay. You know, and, um, 
or how different financial products work. So she showed me a lot of good stuff. And the truth is like, I became her client. I mean, even though she had said I didn't need to become a client, I was yeah, like, no, I, so, I want to yeah. be your client. Like, how okay. do I get myself set up with a good financial plan like this? Mm -hmm. You know, because I had my 401k, but I didn't know how it worked. Right. I didn't know. I didn't know I was supposed to have a specific goal in yeah, mind, you know, to, I yeah. think, you know, retirement, I tell everybody retirement has become an amount of money, not an age anymore. Yeah. Right. And so, um, I realized really quickly when she showed me these concepts and, um, took some information to figure out where I was at, that I was not on track to reach my financial goals. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. Um, and so I became a client of the company really quickly. And, um, you know, a little bit later at this point in, in you know, in my life, I'm, I'm, I have already told my boss I'm quitting. Okay. Because when the kids of this, go back to school. Because of this no, meeting? Or? Actually, no. I was uh, no. I was just, you know. Is this another one? I'm going to rebel. I don't have a plan, but I'm just going to quit type of <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. One of those yeah. things. You know, because sometimes you just got to yeah. force yourself to I'm do things. I'm seeing a trend where you're yeah. just like, hey, you know, it's not working out. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm always like, you know, I'll figure it out. And uh, yeah. so I had no idea what I was going to be doing. But, you know, this is in, a, this, it's like July. And my end time at my job was supposed to be in August at this point. Okay. And just, you know, because I just figured that I'm, I'm not going to get a degree. I'm not going to grow anymore. Mm -hmm. Very grateful for that job. Right. But I was given a great opportunity there, but I realized that there was a ceiling, right? Like there was a ceiling for me, it. unless yeah. I was willing to go back to school, which I wasn't. Okay. And, um, and so I, I also saw, you know, um, thanks to that job, I, I worked really closely with the owner and I saw their life. You okay. know, kind of the freedom that they had. Yeah, not, it's different being the yes, owner versus being the worker. Exactly, right? yeah. and it wasn't. And 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 you know, I don't know if if that boss meant to teach me this, but mm -hmm. I saw that you know it wasn't about the title or the degrees. It was he owned the law firm, right? Okay. And so his freedom of time. Yeah. And growing his income was because he owned it and being able to be flexible with kids and like whatever probably, yeah with right? something that was important because right? i'm sure that if there were some non-negotiables then he is not yeah. available for work and so i was like man i want that life yeah i want to be free uh so so as you quit I, and i'm free <laughs> i was like hey yeah like i want what you got so i yeah. can't be an employee anymore at this point yeah. And I've always had an entre entrepreneurial mind, you know, just, you know, mm. with the side gig, the photo booth and just, I yeah. always had great ideas, but I never put yeah. action behind it. What happened with the photo booth? You, you didn't want to grow that further or what happened? Or, or once again, you saw the ceiling and you're like, you know, it was just, um, it was good. Uh, it was good extra income, but I still had to physically do the work. Yeah. And, if and it's I, weekends. Yeah, right? and it's weekends. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was a little tough. It was getting a little tough. It was growing. And yeah. um, but that just meant I was busier on the weekends, less available for sure. my family. And so at this point, I'm wanting the freedom. Okay. And um, so the company that, you know, I end up being a client with, with my good friend, Dora, uh, you know, start talking to me, you know, I'm giving them referrals. I'm like, you need to go talk to my sister. You need to go talk to my cousin. You oh, need to go wow. talk to, right. Because yeah. I was just so blown away by the financial concepts and how I didn't know them. Yeah. I was like, you know, if I didn't know them, how many people don't know mm -hmm. them? Right. And, um, how valuable could this be for them? And I'm giving them all these referrals and they're like, hold up, Angela. Right. That like, could be you. Yes. Right? Yeah. You know, like Angela, you mentioned, you know, cause they ask you, ask my goals like, Hey, well, I'm trying to quit my job. I don't know yeah. what I'm going to do yet. You know, but I want more time with my family. And, and so they're like, you mentioned, you know, wanting to quit mm -hmm. and, um, 
you're trying to figure out. You're like, I already did it, actually. (laughs) I have my end date, but, uh, you know, I just don't, I don't have a plan, you know? And so they said, you know, if we could teach you how to do what we do, Mm -hmm. right, would would you be open to it? And, you know, right away, I'm the self-doubt. I'm like, no, I'm not good at sales. And, you know, and then they asked me a really good question because, like, did we sell you anything? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, you didn't. You helped me, like... I literally begged to become a client. Like you as soon just as like got education. Yeah, right? you, you educated me and, and you gave me information that helped me to make my own decisions. And so yeah. they're like, if we could teach you how to do it that way, right? And could you feel good about it? And I'm like, heck yeah, I could feel good about it. And they're like, if you wouldn't feel salesy about it, right? Not that there's there's nothing wrong with sales. I mean, the world runs on sales. Right, right. right. Everything sells. But right. I had no experience in sales, really. Yeah. I didn't think I did, you know? And, um, you know, I, I, I gave it a shot. I was like, Okay, you know, they're like, because we're going to go and talk to your friends and family mm-hmm. and we're probably going to help them like we helped you, except we're going to be the ones making money for right, helping them. Right, they get them. the commission. Yeah. yeah, and so they're like, or you could come in, get your licenses, We let us train you and, and you can go and help these people. Do you like helping people? I'm like, yeah. yeah, I help people all the time. Like, if you won't go sit down and talk to them, I was going to share the information with them anyways, yeah. right? You Do know? you remember the first person that you were sort of trying to like pitch? Do you remember what that went like? <laughs> so I had yeah. some training appointments and so I had several. I'm so thankful for my friends and family that gave me those appointments. Oh, so you started with like people you know, yeah, friends Yeah, started with like friends that. and family. Yeah. I mean, those people on my list, right? And um, But I do remember the person that I sat down with my cousin, you know, um, Greg Hall. Allman. Shout out, Greg. Shout out to Greg, right? He's yeah. doing big things. I'm so proud of him. But yeah, definitely. You know, um, he's always been a big supporter of mine. Uh, we've always been very close. And so he gave me my first appointment once I was licensed. Okay. And so I got licensed quick. I wasn't trying to waste any yeah. time. I'm like, I need to figure out if this is going to be my way. And right? there's like tests and accreditations, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So was that difficult at all since you like actually no just no okay no it wasn't and um you know i think i was scared of it at first but yeah you know once i was you know into it and seeing you know that it's it's actually very simple and man i wish i wish someone would have said something about these licenses when yeah. i was in school yeah you know that hey there's another way right because i think i forced myself to go to college to get into student loan debt, mm. trying to become successful. Yeah, because I think that a lot of times, well, even, I guess it's probably changed now, but back in the day, if they, you know, education was the way, mm-hmm. right? Like that was like the only way. It was. Like you, you have to go to the university and that's how you're going to get a good career, good money. Yeah. But, you know, they don't talk about like entrepreneur wasn't a thing like no. right now it's like super cool exactly. to like drop out be an entrepreneur start your own thing <laughs> back in the day if you would have said hey i'm gonna quit i'm gonna start my own thing they would have looked at you crazy yeah they would have you, know? you would have been frowned upon and yeah. you know i was frowned upon because i did drop out of high school right mm-hmm. so i was frowned upon and i you know i didn't know about these other ways yeah. to build a career so i wish i would have known because they weren't hard mm. they actually weren't hard so I mean, anyone that's like thinking about it, just do it. They're not difficult. Okay. Um, and so, but yeah. And so I sat down with, with my cousin Greg and he was actually my first official client that I did helped with, you know, um, on my okay. own. And um, so from there, I just kind of kept going and eventually cool. did. Leave. So he saw the value and he yeah. was like your first one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You know, and so um, he might have been my client, even if even if it wasn't great. Right. He's, <laughs> yeah. a, he's just a good supporter. But um, but yeah, you know, I think that it was it was really tough getting started because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was very different. It's still the world still wasn't all about entrepreneurship yeah. and trades and things, you know. And I say it wasn't yet, but it, it, it didn't return because it was like that way back in the day. Right. Yeah. So um, it was still about careers. It was still about education and and degrees. And so I'm leaving a a very good job 
that I was, you know, blessed to have. And it's like steady income, right? Yeah, and, and now steady, you're going steady to paycheck, like, and then you I'm, don't <laughs> sell, you don't get a paycheck. Yes, right? and I'm going into commission based, yeah. and um, you know, so uh, at the beginning, you know, you it was like a fifty fifty. Either your your people around you, family and friends, were either very supportive or very doubtful okay. of what you were doing, yeah. right? And, um, and so, uh, you know, it was, it was tough. So I, you know, you had the people that were, that were behind you from the get go and the people that probably came around a little bit later. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then I still have people that are close to me that are still not, you know, supportive. Yeah. And so, but and I, think, I think, uh, we don't discuss that a lot, right. Yeah. Especially in the Hispanic culture, we don't talk about finances. We don't really talk about retirement. We don't talk, you know, oftentimes when I hear older people talk, they're like, I don't want all these deductions in my paycheck. I don't want this 401k. And I'm yeah. like, that's your retirement. That's your nest <laughs> right. egg. But I think a lot of people, uh, you know, especially older people don't understand like that that's for the future. It's a good thing. They're just like, no, I want the maximum amount that I can get in my paycheck, period. Right. You know? Yeah. They're they're thinking about surviving today and not about the future yeah. um, just because it's not something that we're taught. You mm -hmm. know, it's just it's we're in survival mode and we're not planning. And, you know, I think especially growing up Hispanics, like you don't even know if you're going to live that long. Right. Live yeah. it. Live it up today. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Go party to this weekend. Yeah. Like, don't you know, you're putting money aside. You don't know if you'll ever touch it. But I think that um, the value in financial education comes on showing them that, hey, even if you don't make it, the next generation will because of what you the foundation you set, yeah. you know, and I think that that's the one thing that we're especially Hispanic people where they finally get get it it says because we work so hard for others right yeah, you think about true. a hispanic mama the hispanic dad right the sun, the up, sun up to sundown yeah. it's about the kids and giving yeah. them a better future and in a world where it's um you know steering towards entrepreneurship and not so much school um you know or and even if it is still school it comes you know there's gonna have to be some access to finances yeah. to be able to achieve either or and so where people are understanding and where my success was is in connecting with that, that I knew okay. we're hard workers, right? Definitely. And we work really hard for our money and how to show them that, you know, your your money has value if you put it to work for you, yeah. you know? What are some of the, the products that you offer? I know life insurance, right? Yeah. But like you also do retirement. Like mm -hmm. what, what other products do you yeah, offer? Yeah, so life insurance, mutual funds, you know, okay. whether it's just, you know, an individual counter, an IRA, um, you know, we do 401ks for companies as well. Okay. So annuity products um, and um, mortgages actually too. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> So uh, if someone has like a 401k through their employer, mm -hmm. do you suggest they do that? And then also like a 401k outside of that? Or what do you yeah, recommend so to people? If their employer is matching contributions, whether yeah. it's at half or, you know, 100% match, do that, right? always take yeah. advantage of free yeah. money. That's free money, yeah. you know? Um, so I, we always recommend to max out their 401k. Okay. And then, and then if their budget allows to start doing additional, you know, uh, investments outside of their job, outside okay. of their 401k. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I think life insurance is also something that we don't talk about in our community either, right? Right, because yeah. what do they say? Like, oh, no me quiero morir pronto. You know, like, I know yeah. you don't want to die soon. Yeah. But, but we can't we, pick. We, we can't predict that. Right? right? I wish we could just have it yeah. on our calendar by <laughs> a life insurance that. plan. I don't know, I don't you know? know about that. I, I don't want to know. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so I just want to be asleep. And yeah. And, I'm gone. and I think that, um, you know, we uh, we grow up, or at least I grew up kind of with that stigma that, you know, you don't want to 
serve everything on a silver platter for your kids. You want yeah. you want them to learn about a hard day's work, you know, and how to earn their their money. But I believe that they could still do that, right? And mm -hmm. you could still um, at you know getting life insurance. It's it's not about leaving them everything, you know, uh, on a, on a silver platter. It's right. about like not putting them in a hole. Yeah. Right. Because um, most middle income households still have debt. Yeah. And that could like change their future and outcome, too. Right. right. Because all of a sudden they have this unexpected debt all of a sudden. Right. And then or they're they taking over the house payments yeah. or, you know, it's a young kid that now has to get a job yeah. and maybe not finish school. Maybe the school was going to be their way. And now they can't afford that because they got to work and Very take true. care of younger siblings. Right. And and having that financial protection. I mean, we understand it on everything else. Yeah. Cars, houses, even cell phones. True. Right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. oh, I'm not paying another thousand dollars for yeah. a phone. I'm going to pay ten dollars a month for, for phone insurance. Yeah, right. Definitely. Yeah. But we don't realize, you know, what the loss is to, you know, a, above and beyond the emotional loss. There's no insurance product that's going to yeah. replace a person. But there is a life insurance, which should really just be called income insurance or money insurance. That's going to replace that for the next generation, you know, um, to at least maintain their lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like that. Uh, so now that you're doing this, like, is there still more appetite? You being an entrepreneur to do something outside of that? Like, yeah. Yeah. I know that you like to like volunteer too, right? So yes. maybe mention a little bit of the stuff that you have planned for the future and maybe some other extra stuff that you're involved with. So right now we're actually in the works of um, putting together a female Latina group of entrepreneurs. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, working with some, some, uh, you know, couple of girls that um, I know very well, you know, or couple of them that I've just actually met not that long ago. And then one that I've known since we was in school Cool. and um, they're all entrepreneurs and um, you know, Latinas, all of them grew up on the South side, awesome. you know, too. And cool. so we're working on um, getting something together to help other entrepreneurs, you know, not okay. just female, but obviously we have a favorite, yeah, you know, we yeah. got a bias, <laughs> you know, um, but um, putting together a group that'll help them to learn business skills, um, learn about registering an LLC, you know, taxes okay. and things like that, getting them those resources because um, going into your own business uh, and, you know, feeling like you're not qualified enough, right? And yeah. being afraid. Sometimes we are just too afraid to ask questions. Right. And somebody's probably already figured that out and they right. can shorten that process right. of getting you there. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so if we can do it where you're not, you know, you don't have to be by yourself and you don't feel judged, then mm -hmm. just get those resources to people and, um, you know, do a lot of workshops and things like that. Cool. Even a podcast, you know. Really? Yeah, okay. we're working awesome. on. So you're going to have to yeah. give me some tips because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, even getting a podcast together, um, you know, here, Oklahoma based and yeah. um, to get you know to get the word out about it because I feel like as the world is going more into trades and entrepreneurism that um, kids need to know right and not just kids but even adults if there's right. like a you know a housewife who husband is in the oil field and they lose their job right they gotta they might want to build a you know this little right. side hustle that they had right? right whether it was making hair bows or like vinyls or whatever you know yeah. and like how to how to you know scale that how to make it bigger and make it a, a, a main source of income yeah and i think uh, i don't know how you feel about entrepreneurship but i almost enjoy the process more <laughs> than i do like the end game right like yeah. i enjoy the day-to-day -day, the the people doubting you the no support everything like that just right. motivates me 
to want to do more and you kind of fall in love with the process. I don't know how you feel yeah, about that. Yeah, it's like fuel to my fire, yeah. man. I mean, because I think that everybody goes through that. I know that I'm not a special case, um, but everybody goes through the doubt, the self-doubt and the, the yeah. doubt from others, the you know, negativity, you know, the whole, I want you to do good, but I just don't want you to do better than me kind right, of, you know, right. mindset. And it's just, it's sad, right? But it exists. And I think that once we accept that and realize it's not about us, you know, we can confront it um in in a good way and just build upon that use that as the fire you know to, to keep going and i mean to, you know, i was a rebel so i'm always going to try to prove people wrong yeah. right and so um but just you know helping people through that process okay yeah. so do you have a name already picked out for not, this? Yet. not yet no okay. yeah in the works. yeah it's in the works we kind of okay. have an idea but it's it's in the works okay. and um you know we're we're putting it together we we meet every week right now once a cool. week and um so we're really getting serious about this but you know we're all entrepreneurs and we're busy that's awesome but we know that that need is there and that you know we can we can fill that need for other people and so um you know a lot of it will be volunteering you know and just yeah. and just helping people um help i've had back. like an idea like that where i wanted to do almost like a breakfast club or something yeah. where like everybody that's a hustler entrepreneur we get together and then we just help one another or pitch ideas and just be like hey what do you think about this you know or i'm struggling with this does anybody know any information I think that would be super valuable and it like shortens the process. Right. You know? Yes. Like why are you gonna reinvent the wheel if somebody's already figured it out? Exactly, you know? right? It's not it's there is no shortcuts to it, but there's mm. things we don't have to figure out that, you know, are like you say, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's already someone's already figured it out. Yeah. And we can pass that knowledge. And I think that what I love about uh, entrepreneurship is that most of the time entrepreneurs are ready to teach and ready to share the information yeah. with others. It's not like True. it's a secret. Yeah. You can't know it because you're going to, you know, we realize that there's enough for everybody. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll say there is a difference in culture yeah. because <laughs> I do see some other cultures are more helpful to one another, more supportive. Right. And unfortunately with the Hispanic community, sometimes I see a lot of jealousy, yeah. a lot of doubt. And that kind of bums me out because some of the other cultures, if you go down Klassen, Right. For example, mm -hmm. you know, all the, the Asian businesses and stuff, they support one another. They're all growing like they're they're basically like all over class. And it's like, they yeah, it's like, like a all village, the business, right? right? Like they're all yeah. a village together. They're super supportive. But then on the other side of that coin, I see some of the Hispanic businesses, they open up and they're like, no, come on. This guy's going to try to like, sell shade. tacos like yeah. he doesn't know what he's doing or it's too right. expensive or whatever. So I think there's a difference there, but yeah. I don't know. Hopefully I think that changes. It, yeah, and that's kind of what we're shooting for is just to start to change that dynamic, you know, change that kind of mindset. Um, and the truth is I tell every uh, everybody that I meet, you know, I, I actually started going to another group of other entrepreneurs just, you know, to support each other and like like you say, bounce ideas, talk yeah. about what you struggle with and things like that. And, you know, that was part one of the topics. It's like, man, it just feel like in Oklahoma we don't get any support. And I, what one of the things I'm really big on is mindset and self-development you know how do you talk to yourself and you know yeah. i read a lot of self-development books and cool. things you know so i'm a I'm nerd like that and i wasn't like that until i started in this career you know because i funny. hated reading <laughs> i thought i yeah. hated reading and you know but audibles does help so where yeah. it reads to you yeah. <laughs> so when you're in the car that's but, the um, trick right there yeah. because you can multitask and it's technically you're reading because you're, you're still digesting the book yes right? exactly yeah. and so that's helped me get through a lot of books but i think that um it starts with our mindset and i think that that does exist 
exist, but um, in order for us to get out of it, we got to first think like, no, like Oklahoma is the best place to start a business. What's your you uh, favorite uh, entrepreneur book? Um, my favorite, favorite, and that's my all time and that I recommend to everybody if they haven't read it, you got to read Think and Grow Rich. Okay. You have to because that's totally about mindset. Yeah. Um, you know, there's... Um, my favorite is uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You um, know that, I, yeah, I've, I, I, can you believe that I have not read that no? book fully okay. yet? You definitely and have to do I it. I just yeah. got it for my teenage daughter. Okay. So that's another thing I'm, I, I do is I tr I'm trying to pass this on to the kids. And so my daughter is 13 mm -hmm. and a half and she wants a quinceanera. She's about to move out and start her no, life. No, she's not. No, you know, no, she's, <laughs> she's not. Like, no, <laughs> no she, she talks about yeah. it. She's like, I can't believe because I'm very honest yeah. with my kids. Right. But I don't tell them everything, everything, but enough. Right. And she's like, you know, what were you thinking at 14? There's no way I'm moving out at 14. <laughs> yeah. Like You're I need crazy. you. Yeah, yeah, you were crazy. And uh, so in order for her to have a quinceanera, because mm. first of all, I didn't want her to have one. Okay. And I understand the culture and I love it, right? But it's so much money going into one thing. It's like thing. a mini wedding. Right. right? And like I, <laughs> I feel like if I'm trying to teach people how to better, you know, use their money and put their money to work yeah, for them, it's right? It's expensive. It's very expensive. And so, but it's her choice, I feel, as long as, you know, as long as she's a good kid and, and, and does what we expect of her. And yeah. so, um, but one of the things that, one of the conditions is she's got to read these, this series of books. Oh, uh, okay. I, I thought you were going to say that she had to fund it and she had to nope. figure out how to pay for it no, no. she doesn't and okay. so um but she's rich dad and poor dad is the first one awesome we got her and then there's like that's um seven habits of highly effective teens yeah you know and so different books um meant for you know and then I, and i get this from um one of my friends he runs a mission called uh, family id mm -hmm. and it's books you know that are some are geared to teenage kids girls and teenage boys and so i that's the list that i'm using cool and um but yeah so rich dad poor dad is the first book she's got awesome. that she's on yeah. now i <laughs> so. bet she's gonna enjoy it because once you go through that you see like mindset and how thinking about things differently just changes your course of life right so. yeah exactly so yep but i say my my all-time favorite was think and grow rich cool i like that let's talk about music because i know you're a big music <laughs> fan right you go to a lot of concerts so <laughs> tell me like how did that love for music come about what type of music do you enjoy because i think you have a pretty diverse taste right yeah i do and it really was just from growing up um you know, not just Hispanic, but also, you know, my my white side. Right. And, <laughs> and so growing up, um, you know, it, music was a thing and we had yeah. musicians in our family oh, really? or extended family. OK. And so we were exposed to it all the time. Right. And mm -hmm. Saturday morning cleaning. Right. Like yeah. you're listening to bookies and, you know, it's like it's time to clean Camilo Sesto <laughs> and all these other. Right. So yeah. I grew up on the terricolas and, you know, the oldies old and yeah, yeah. pasteles, but, you know, all this, oh, all wow. this good old school music. And, yes. And like yeah. yeah. And so okay. I grew up with all of that. Um, thanks, you know, to my mom that played it all the time. Yeah. Uh, Maricela, you know, and all that good stuff. <laughs> but, um, you know, and then obviously it just kind of my taste you know the eight growing up in the 80s and 90s gosh wasn't yeah. that the best music it's, ever I mean, it was pretty legit right pretty legit. you know 80s and 90s music <laughs> yeah. you know madonna and um you know uh, uh color me bad from you know yeah. like those are you know and then you got like your r&b and hip-hop i mean i went to moon middle school right, right. so like silk and nice. jodeci you're and talking my language right? <laughs> so yeah. um yeah very diverse taste and you know um in music and then and um, then I got into a little bit 
like Linkin Park and, you know, a little bit of alternative rock and stuff. Yeah. Did uh, you get into like the grunge, like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, that sort of stuff? You know, I or? listened to it a little bit. I don't, yeah. I never owned any of those records, but okay. I would listen to it, right? Okay. And so, and that was, you know, the white side or, you yeah. know, when I went to that private school, that's what they listened uh, to. So okay. Nirvana, you know, <laughs> and Nine Inch Nails and all this other yeah, stuff, right? Yeah. And so um, listening to all of that, but just, yeah, just, I have a really, we had musicians in our family and just exposed to a lot of different music. Yeah. Um, you know, I danced folkloric when I was a kid. No way. Yeah. Tell me about that. How did that so get, that your was mom, like, church. you have to, oh, church. Yeah. Really? So I grew up okay. at Little Flower Catholic Church okay. and um, they have, I don't know if they still have it, but they had a folkloric group and it was just kind of one of those things, you know, I'm like 11 years old, 10 or 11. And my mom's like trying, you know, um, I'm growing up in a rough school and just trying to get, you know, get me around another activity, yeah. right? Something Keep to do. Keep me busy. <laughs> Keep yeah. me busy. Cause that's a part of the point when I start rebelling. And so, um, but I grew a love for it and I, and I enjoyed it. Um, you know, always try to work hard and excel at it. And so, um, so then I, I started doing that. And I remember I was president of the first youth group at Sacred Heart uh, and I don't even know how that happened because they they totally picked the wrong person probably <laughs> like they must have been blindfolded or something but yeah. um, but I was in the youth group there and I remember we had um, a presentation we did for one of the priests that was actually moving um, to a different church okay. and I remember I loved choreography and I loved you know doing those kind of things um, cool. uh, so you know we we raised money and got all the kids you know their their outfits for the whether it was the dresses or or, you know the charro suits and stuff and yeah. so and from what i learned at little flower you know i'm 13 years old and i'm teaching these kids how to dance and oh, wow. creating a choreography and it was it was beautiful it yeah. was awesome and it was just because they learned so quickly um but that was fun i always liked teaching and and you know anything that had to do with music um as introvert as i really am and so have you, always you consider been. yourself an introvert i do i really? do yeah okay but i feel like that was a way to kind of be out there without me being out there you know yeah. without the spotlight on me it's okay. like let me teach them and let me share with them so that we all do it together yeah. right so i just like trick people to do stuff with me right so that it's <laughs> yeah. a spotlight on. i want to be out there but i don't want to be out there right? i got it so <laughs> when you know you're, you're currently in, you know probably meeting after meeting and constantly dealing with different people, having like to maintain relationships. Yeah. You say you're an introvert. So at the end of the day, do you just feel like exhausted, burnt out or? Um, you know, I, I, I am, but not in a bad way. You know, it's okay. just because like, oh, I've been, you know, I talk for a living ba basically. I mean, I know financial coaching, I like to use that, right? We have all these titles and, you know, a broker and, and insurance agent or whatever, but I just yeah. like to be called a financial coach. You know, same okay. thing with my agents. I was like, don't call me a boss, call me a coach. Uh, I would rather have that type of reputation. I think coaches are so important in life, no matter what it, it is that you're coaching. Definitely. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, I talk for a living and, uh, you know, on a busy day, I can have anywhere from you know like 20 to 25 interviews um, and they're not all imagine. you know <laughs> but I love talking and so yeah. it's so funny I'm an introvert but I love talking and so once you get me going, you can't shut me up. So it's just like finding what you're passionate about. Yes. And then you can if talk I'm passionate about it, I can yeah. talk all day and I feel comfortable. And so sharing it and watching people's eyes light up with, you know, them dreaming about possibilities. I think my favorite thing to do is to um, interview new 
people that want to get into this career and yeah. telling them, you know, right up front, this is tough, right? Mm. You're going to have to be mentally tough. So you like tell them I straight, tell them straight like, up. Hey. Here's why, because I feel like the world is so full of like, especially with social media, it looks so easy to be an yeah. entrepreneur and it's not. Yeah. Everybody posts like, you know, you're on the, about to join a, a a PJ, right? Private yeah. jet. You're, uh, you know, working from the beach, you know, yes. like nobody ever posts like it's two in the morning and I'm still working on this presentation. Yeah. Right? No, like, yeah. We just post the highlights. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I know I like to just tell them, look, it's really tough. Most people quit. Yeah. I tell them right at the beginning. Right. Because um, th I think they need to know that and they need to know that they're going to have support along the way if they're willing to put in the work. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, talking to them and watching people light up, with, you know, they realizing that they might be able to make their goals and dreams come true, whether it's a client realizing they're going to be able to retire, right? Yeah. Or a new agent that's like, wow, you know, I, I get to I get to run my own show, yeah, you know? Super rewarding, So right? it's very yeah. rewarding. But yeah, I do. I, it's a little tiring, but because it's in, like what I tell everybody, it's like it's in my house, right? <laughs> uh, I feel very comfortable with it. So it doesn't okay. exhaust me in a bad way. Cool. So tell me about you being listed as a physician. How, how did that happen? On my daughter's birth yeah. certificate. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny story that's, you know I, I don't i can't see how that happened um, what happened that was just me being dumb actually right so uh, i was I, I was nine months pregnant with um my daughter that is now 13 and a half and um you know i've i've been trying to be tough all the time i'm a tough mom i'm a tough parent yeah. you know um i got this i am still working full time even though i'm about to you know deliver this baby anytime any Jeez. second but i'm going to work right because i always i always try to um strive for excellence and you know uh, being an asset no matter where i'm at and mm -hmm. so uh you know i'm like i i gotta go and help the office, right? I got to be there. And Man. I didn't, you know, miss for pregnancy or anything like that. And um, so that day, I realized I'm, I'm actually going into labor, right? Mm -hmm. Like at six o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. And so I tell I tell my husband, you know, hey, um, I think I'm going into labor, but it'll probably be later today. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I, like I'll try to schedule it in during lunch. Yeah, or yeah. Like you like, know, yeah. he was at the time working downtown, and my the office where I worked at was downtown Oklahoma City at the time. Yeah. So, um, so he's working at this job site, and I had actually went into false labor just, uh, you know, the, that Monday. So this is on a Friday. Okay. And um, so he had already missed work, and I felt horrible about it. Right. I'm like, oh, you missed all day of work, and not just him, but his crew. Yeah. Right. And so he was. But like, I mean, you can't control birth. You know, I mean, like, that's kind of like it was the a false one alarm. Time, like, like, I would have like, felt justified had it, had she been born then, but then like he yeah. has to go back. Like, sorry guys, y'all all missed yeah. work, so nobody gets paid because yeah. they missed work, right? So yeah. on Friday, I'm trying to be like, you know, I don't want anyone to miss work, and um, so I tell them, you know, my contractions aren't really, you know, set together. They're just kind of, you know, all over the place. Yeah. So I might be going into labor today, but it'll probably be later. And so I send them off to work. And I'm literally dressed, makeup and everything ready to go to the office that oh, day. Wow. <laughs> um, my older kids are, you know, they it's too early for them to go to school. So they're just barely getting up. But then my contractions start coming on one right on top of another. And I'm like, yeah. OK, I am going into labor. Oh, right. Man. And at this point, it's like, you know, seven o'clock, uh, my husband leaves for work and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going into labor right after he leaves. I'm like, what did I just do? I just sent him <laughs> away. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, all of a sudden, like it was really quick. Mm -hmm. Like I was not expecting it to be that quick. 
And um, so I had actually changed, you know, and I'm, a, you know, I worked at a dry cleaner. So I'm sitting, I'm changing into sweatpants. Oh, this was like during dry cleaner days. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm still like, I think that stuck with me. I still iron to this day. Uh, yeah. Like every day. <laughs> yeah. I iron my clothes every day. And people think like I'm crazy. Like, yeah. just, just throw it in the dryer. <laughs> like that doesn't work. You know, right. I'm always ironing every day. And so, um, so I'm literally, my, my sweats are just too wrinkled. So I'm like, there's no way I can wear this. Right. <laughs> like I have got to iron this. So I'm ironing sweatpants. And um, my contractions are really coming fast this time oh, and man. at this time. And so um, my water breaks mm -hmm. all of a sudden. And I'm telling my kids, like, y'all got to call 911, oh, right? Wow. Y'all got to call 911. And so they do, um, you know, and at this, you know, like it was so it happened so fast. So remember, I, I send my husband to work at seven. Yeah. And baby is born at seven. 40 a.m. Oh, wow. So that quick, right? But he had driven to downtown and yeah. we live closer to like the Bethany, Oklahoma, West Oklahoma City, Bethany area. And um, and so he's driving back. But to me, the 30 minutes felt like eternity. I bet. Right. <laughs> and it was just me. I'm like, I'm literally looking outside my front door thinking to myself, like, I wonder if my neighbors realize what's going on oh, in my man. house. You I know? thought you were going to about to say I'm about to drive myself or something. No, I don't <laughs> think I would have made it if yeah. I would have driven, you know, but that was kind of the plan. But I had called my parents to come to the house. Yeah. You know, it was just like a series of one thing, you know, like uh, tell my daughter, hey, grab some clothes for my husband. And, and then because um, he's going to need to change. And then like I call my parents like, hey, do you think you can come to the house and get the kids to drop them off at school when it's time to go to school? And, um, you know, because doors open at a certain time, they can't be left out there. So, yeah, but I'm not rushing anybody at this point. I still think I have all this time. And then all of a sudden the events start happening really quickly wow. and I'm delivering a baby before anybody even gets there. And so the good, good thing was that as I was delivering her, um, everybody shows up like they're just piled up one after the other. I mean, like yeah. he, he shows up, uh, my parents show up, um, the firefighters show up, which is embarrassing as heck, right? <laughs> uh, and the ambulance shows up, like everybody yeah. shows up one right after the other and everyone's like freaking out, like what's going on? They're like, you know, looking at me, but knowing me, they're like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me, Angela, you do everything backwards, right? Yeah. And so, no, so the crazy thing was, is that, um, so I'm actually listed on the birth certificate as the attending physician that delivered the baby. Wow, because you were at home yeah. at the time? Yeah. Is, is that the way that it works? Yeah, or? apparently okay. so, because apparently they had put the doctor's name first, Yeah. and they had actually called me about a, a week later and said, you know, after I'd gotten the copy of the birth certificate, yeah. and they called me, and they're like, hey, you need to actually come back into Vital Statistics because your birth certificate is not valid okay. for your daughter. And I'm like, why not? They're like, we, it's, you know, the attending physician is listed on their wrong. So I go back, and yeah. it's because they're putting me on there because, well, I, probably a liability yeah. issue, right? Like, doctor, there's a doctor's I, like, I doctor am, I yeah, work right? And my real doctor's probably like, <laughs> yeah. do not put me on there as the person yeah. that delivered that kid because she did it by herself, right. and we don't know what she did, right? So, but yeah, and so I'm listed on there and I think that was a really cool experience. Probably one of the things that, you know, like that you got to remember when you're going through tough things, like, yeah. can I make it through this? I'm like, man, I delivered a baby. I'm, I'm good, right? Good. We're good, yeah. right? So, man, yeah, but it was incredible. fun. So she likes that story too. Yeah. And so. That's a cool story now that it's done, but scary at the time. Yeah, it was totally scary. Yeah. So we are getting the mark here that we hit our time and it feels like we just got started. <laughs> So we're going to wrap it up with the question I always ask every guest, and that is to tell me something about yourself that most people don't know about. Um, so, you know, I mean, I kind of shared actually, you know, the whole th um, leaving home at 14. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. But um, 
one little cool quick thing is, um, you know, growing up with musicians around musicians and people into music and stuff. Um, actually, when I was about 19 years old, um, I actually was working with some of the guys that were in Los Tarsis. There was the Tarsis, right? So yeah. like Cuco Escalera and his brother, right? And so um, I was working with them and um, they were trying to get the get the band together and record again. Yeah. And so I actually grew up singing. And no yeah, so okay. um, I had sung as a, you know, as a teenager, different events and things and um, never like professionally, but so I had a little short career. So you can hold a note and you can sing. And, yeah, yeah. Some, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And so wow. I had a short career with Los Tarsis. I remember we used to practice together. So I yeah. never got to record with them. Oh, right. Man. But, um, you know, it was, it was it's tough. But I got to see what it's like to be in a band and then, you know, have a drummer leave yeah. or having to replace the drummer or like the bass player yeah. or something, you know. So cool. it was a very cool experience. I learned a lot. And I'm, I mean, I'm so thankful for them. So shout out to them. Right. Because awesome. they're, yeah. you know, he's an amazing song, song, songwriter. Yeah. And, um, you know, having the privilege to be able to to experience that and 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 just be part of that yeah. band you know that group for a little bit and so um we i did perform with them at one of the cinco de mayo festivals down in bricktown awesome. a long time cool. ago right i i think my cousin is probably the only or my aunt and uncle are probably the only ones that have a recording of that oh so there is a so recording i believe so yeah. unless they recorded okay. over it because it you're was gonna VHS. Have to, you're gonna have to send it so we can <laughs> include it to, to the podcast <laughs> yeah but yeah. that's like just a cool little thing it was yeah. it was a, it was fun yeah cool. it was a whole lot of fun awesome well i want to thank you for your time you know i know you you're super busy, so thank you for doing this. You uh, know, thank I, you. I, I, I guess if you want to share any social media, do you have anything where people can follow you for? Literally, uh, it's my name, Angela okay. Worgan, on Facebook, on Instagram. It's really the only two platforms I'm always on. Um, okay. You know, I still haven't gotten into all the other, you know, TikTok and Snapchat and stuff cool. yet. Like, I have a hard time enough just handling those. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Um, you know, uh, follow me there. I always I do share information, right? Um, you know, anybody who's interested in getting into this career, I'm definitely the person's going to be honest with cool. you, you know, yeah. so yeah, def definitely. Um, don't, don't be afraid to reach out, you know, cool. questions are free, right? Awesome. Questions yeah. and answers are free. So yeah, that's very cool. And then we look forward to uh, that Latina group that oh, you're putting yeah. together. We're going to have to work so, together on yeah. that. We're definitely going to collaborate. Cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, the very talented financial coach, Angela Worgen on the Maverick podcast. Keep grinding because in the dream we trust.